0: Want to create a website in just an hour or less? How about a fully responsive and designed website for you in just about five minutes? Well, I'm here to tell you that that's not impossible, but it's totally possible with the team over at Gambix. Gambix uses state-of-the-art artificial intelligence and machine learning to build websites in just minutes. Yes, just minutes. And that's not all. They can also help you outrank your foes And of course, obliterate the competition through their advanced SEO and e-commerce platform. Make sure to take advantage of that because they not only have advanced analytics that's going to help you see where you need to improve and also see what your competitors are doing, but it also helps that their prices are very, very good as well. So check out Gambix at gambixit.com. And if you need a website, an app, digital marketing, or even business consulting, they're there for you. what's up panther nation of course it's the proud report it's carolina dave and i am the panther guru welcome welcome welcome
1: i hope everybody's doing well i just want to point something out doesn't this offseason feel a whole lot different than last offseason
0: oh it totally does it totally does it's like a night and day difference
1: Last offseason, we were trying to figure out, you know, what, what the expectations were with Matt Rule, new coaching regime. Uh, had some high expectations for the offense, obviously, with the additions of Robbie Anderson. And, obviously, Christian McCaffrey, we thought, was going to do well. But uh, this offseason, the defense seems like it's taken some strides. And we've added some weapons on offense. Um Yeah, I'm not saying, obviously, that we're Super Bowl contenders, but I think as a fan base, we should definitely feel a lot better about this team overall than as of last year.
0: No, I would definitely say that I feel very confident in the Matt Rule regime and guys like Scott Fitterer and even Dave Tepper as the owner. It feels like the Panthers always had a very conservative nature about everything that they did, and Marnie Herney would just – almost go crazy with the reins and start spending money on players that you start scratching your head. Like, how the heck is he earning $10 million to $15 million guaranteed every single year um, based on an eight-sack season? Um, this is not an uh, allusion to any player in specific. I'm just saying, um, yeah, it's just really crazy. I think the front office is so much better. And, and as, a, as a Panther fan, I, I would definitely say that it almost seems like we are going to be more competitive because of the moves that we have been able to make this time around.
1: And speaking of some moves that the Panthers have made, obviously third-round draft pick Brady Christensen has created a little bit of controversy because everybody knows that left tackle position has been a sore thumb, to say the least, for Carolina Panthers fans for the past several years. And – Uh, Matt Rule's been on record saying that he looks really good on the right side. Um, People are drawing conclusions that that means right tackle. What do you think that means for the Carolina Panthers in in the current state of uh, the offensive line and also the future?
0: I think, honestly, if Brady Christensen can be effective at right tackle, and I have no reason to believe that he can't. Um, If you go back to Brady Christensen's history and coming out of high school He was a right tackle. Um, Simply when he came to BYU and he was playing left tackle, he did play at an effective level, even though people say, okay, well, the conference, he wasn't playing against elite level, pass rushers, blah, blah, blah. Um, That's okay because he has been getting coached up by Matt Paradis and also Taylor Moen. He said, actually, Taylor Moen has been a big influence on giving him tons of pointers and really helping him out In his development, I think Brady Christensen definitely has a good chance to not only do well at right tackle, but to be a very decent right tackle at that. Of course, he's going to have growing pains in the NFL going against some pass rushers that are going to try and overwhelm. But if you have a guy like Taylor Moten on the left hand side on that left tackle position, and even Taylor Moten can play on the opposite side of the line at the level that he's played at at right tackle. That's going to be excellent for the Panthers because then they have their blindside guy. They also have a, pro- a project player in Brady Christensen that has a lot of upside. And then it gives them a, a little bit of breathing room on that interior when they know that they'll have guys like, of course, Paradise at center who's hoping to up his game so he can earn a new contract. Um, and we'll get into the debate about whether he earns a new contract or all that on a different show. But then you try to shore up the interior with guys like Johnny Miller and, in my opinion, Dennis Daly that would be able to be starting at that interior position. Um Hopefully, Pat F-line has a resurgence and does better than I'm thinking. Um, And I really don't really have that much faith in Cameron Irving, but I will be so happy to be proven wrong if Cameron Irving can play at a really high level. I just don't have no faith in him. Um, But I think Brady Christensen is going to be a really good revelation of that right side.
1: I'm going to have an unpopular opinion. Um, I think maybe he will play right tackle. Um, And after this, we'll talk about what does that mean for the left tackle position. Um, I think if he looks somewhat impressive at right tackle for the Carolina Panthers, that means that they're probably going to leave Taylor Moten under the uh, franchise tag, and that might mean that Taylor Moten walks next season. I know, I know there's a few few days left for him to get that extension. And if they can make it work, they can make it work. It's not like they're, I'm sure they're they trying, but they just might not be comfortable paying Tether Mouton that much money, and we'll, then we'll see another good offensive lineman scratch that great offensive lineman that the Carolina Panthers have had. We'll watch them walk away, just
0: like we did with Andrew Norwell. Well, uh,
2: I'm
0: not going to lie, like the money that you know, a player like Andy Norwell did command was way, way higher than I think a lot of Panthers fans were even comfortable with paying him. Um, and I have to look at some of his numbers that he was able to put up in Jacksonville to see if it even justified the pay that he did receive. But, I mean, I agree with you. I think that Taylor Moten, that cap number is just where we're going to see a lot of struggle because the Panthers, I don't think, are willing to pay him more than $15 million a season. But somebody will, and I definitely think that his number is going to probably be around 18 or higher.
1: Right. Um, and hopefully they learn from this. And obviously we're speaking on if, if, if this does happen. Um, if, if he does walk because they can't reach an agreement, they, they should have, you know, signed him last year to an extension where they probably could have got him around that, that salary. Uh, hit number that you're talking about right there, 15 million. That's last year's number. This year's 18, 19 million. I mean, we've seen the right tackle market just go through the roof this season, and it's off season. Horrible timing for the Panthers, but hopefully, that front office, if they can stick together, they can learn some things. Um, it's better to re-sign players earlier than later.
0: Definitely. So, um, on the fl- yeah.
1: On the on the flip side of that, if Brady Christensen ends up being a right tackle or a right guard and things of that nature. Where does that that kind of sit, the left tackle position for the Carolina Panthers? We've touched left tackle on almost all of our shows recently, but this is more the Brady Christensen effect.
0: Um, Like I said, for me, I think Brady Christensen is just putting a lot of pressure – um, he's going to have a lot of pressure on himself, but it's also, like you said, putting a lot of pressure on what the Panthers want to do long-term and whether that means that um, <clears throat> Taylor Moen actually might be let go because he has to play on this franchise tag. And like you said the better Brady Christensen plays, the more I think for, uh, Taylor Moen's going to go. Here's what I honestly do on Madden when I'm in situations like this, and I don't know if it's it applies to real life because, you know, the game is nowhere near uh, indicative of real-life scenarios. But here's what I do in situations like this. When I can't get a deal done with a player and I know they're going to walk in um, in Madden and they might be playing on a franchise tag, I literally trade them before that week 8 deadline. I'm not saying that the Panthers should trade or will trade Taylor Moten uh, before that week 8 deadline because it makes no sense if you're trying to make a playoff push. To get rid of one of your bookend offensive line players and probably one of your best offensive linemen on the team, but if he's going to go for nothing, I think Taylor Moten would really command at least a second round pick.
1: That would be great compensation if you could get that. Um, at the same time, if you're trading him to the Denver Broncos and they know that you can't get, you're not going to pay him, I wouldn't give up a second round pick. Um, unless I knew other teams were coming after him, but the, the trade trade talk, we can get into that. Obviously, we had that similar conversation with Curtis Samuel this past year. Um, we know that they tried to re-sign him, but it just didn't work. Uh, it doesn't seem like they're willing to um, spend a lot of money on, on players. I mean, you can in re- in reality, you can only afford to play. You know, four to five guys on your football team, big, big max contracts. That's 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 the norm for any NFL team because everybody's got the same salary cap. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what happens with that. I don't know that um, that that's their plan. That's just my thought. That uh, if if Christensen continues to to play well on the right side, that it's looking more and more like. Taylor Moten is going to walk. So let's talk about uh, training camp where we will get to see Christensen and Moten both at right tackle. What's some individual matchups you're looking at for Panthers players versus the Colts and Ravens in these team uh,
0: practices? Oh, man. Can I I even go back and say, let's start with – let's even just make sure that we start with – some of the players that are actually on the Panthers' rosters and the matchups that we're looking for with DNs versus um, the tackle position. And before I do that, I would like to introduce to everybody, welcome to the Proud Report. Here we are again. I'm joined by Carolina Dave, and joining us on this call is Mike Emmert. How are you, Mike? Hey,
2: I am doing all right. How about yourself?
0: Doing awesome.
2: I'm glad to hear it, buddy.
0: And just to go ahead and pick up uh, where you just um, made that point, uh, Dave. I think the Hassan Reddick versus Brady Christensen matchup is going to be interesting. And then Brian Burns getting a lot of work against Taylor Moten. I think Hassan Reddick going against Brady Christensen will be really good for him. And even him going against Brian Burns on the flip side and guys like Itor Matos, because those guys are premier pass rushers, especially Brian Burns and Hassan Reddick. It'll give... Brady Christensen, a lot of good reps against top quality DNs. Definitely, definitely
1: true. And then, um, obviously, you got guys on the on the Ravens team sticking with the defensive end offensive tackle uh, combo: Brian Burns, Hassan Reddick, uh, Marquise Haynes, Gita Grossmontos versus uh, Ronnie Stanley. Uh, obviously, he's known. He's been known to. Reset the tackle market, and he is uh, a player that has been very, very impressive.
0: Absolutely. And even looking at the Colts team as well, guys on the interior going against people like DeForest Buckner, and then uh, another good defensive that I like in Pay,
1: And then also with, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson with uh, – elusive as a player as he is it'd be it's gonna be interesting to see how uh, Perriman really tries to captain that defensive uh, front seven into coverages and things of that nature trying to uh, dissect what Lamar Jackson's thinking pre-snap
0: absolutely and definitely um, like they'll be getting a lot of looks from like rookies like Patrick Queen um, interior guys like Brandon Wilson and um, Brian um, Brandon Williams excuse me and then also guys like Derek Wolfe, the former Bronco.
2: Yeah, I, I, I concur. I mean, I think it's going to be a series of good matchups this year with Carolina. They they've addressed quite a few uh, different things that they needed. Their first round pick in Horn was uh, fantastic. You know, it wasn't it wasn't the direction that a lot of people thought they were going to go, but I mean it's a position they've needed to address for a couple of seasons now with Horn. So I think he's gonna be a great addition and he's gonna really amplify the defense this year. Absolutely
0: and going against uh like like Dave, like how you just mentioned and, and to your point, Mike, um JC Horn is definitely gonna get a lot of good work going against some of those Colts receivers and also some of those Ravens receivers in the joint practices.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely and you know Having Brady uh, with, with the Buccaneers uh, is really going to make it difficult. But you, you have, uh, you have uh, quite a few retirements that hit the uh, NFC South. So with Drew Brees retiring last year, I think it's going to really open a lot of doors for Carolina to sneak into the playoffs. So as long as they do what they're, they're supposed to and what their roster looks like, I think they're going to have a good chance. 17-game uh, season, um, looking at their schedule. If their DBs can hold up, uh, there's no reason why Carolina can't be a 10-win team this year.
0: Absolutely. And so our next topic, um, just to keep moving things along, Dan Arnold. It seems like Dan Arnold's really having a coming-out party. He's really excited about his um, prospects for the Panthers, and he wants to do more for the Panthers. What are your thoughts, Dave?
1: Yeah, that sounds um... – Obviously, there's a, a guy that knows how to interview. Um, that's definitely player speak, but he had a career year at Arizona last year, so you can't really argue with that at all. Um, definitely look for you know Sam Darnold to use him a lot. It'd be a guy to to lean on as you're learning this playbook. Um, a guy that could be you know his safety blanket and a red zone target that. that, that uh, Panthers really haven't had in the last several years.
0: Absolutely. And coming over from Arizona, um, Arizona did use him in the passing game a lot. Um, we've got, of course, him and Tommy Tremble. So it'd be literally easy to see how the Panthers will be using them as a one-two punch in blocking and passing and then using them both as receivers as well. What
2: are your thoughts, Mike? Um, I, I, I agree uh, to the to the aspect that it's going to be a real good red, uh, red zone target this year. Um, you know, it, it's something that they've been lacking ever since they lost Mushin Muhammad back in the early 2000s. Uh, they really haven't had a safety net uh, to the extent of, let's say, like, you know, the Jets have uh, Jamison Crowder. You know, someone like the Patriots had in the past with Wes Welker. It's, you know, it, it, it's something that I think is going to be – really, it's going to really help the offense along. Losing Greg Olsen took a big hit at tight end, and I'm not real sure how they're going to handle, you know, how they're going to be able to handle it this coming season. But um, as long as they're getting production out of the uh, third receiver, um, the kid that you guys are talking about, I think he's going to really, I think he's really going to help. The biggest, I think the biggest thing is is having Sam Darnold uh, reunite with Roby Anderson. That's going to really hit the uh, downfield threat and open up the red zone a lot for the targets. So it's just finding that receiver, finding that tight end, finding finding that player that's going to be able to to be the safety blanket to hit on the fades in the end zone. So as long as he can produce and, and hit those numbers, uh, again, it's, it's going to be huge. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. And Dan
0: Arnold definitely is a big body tight end that will definitely give them a good red zone um, target. Because like you said, the passing game should open up with DJ Moore on the outside. You got Roby, oh yeah, definite speed threat, and you even have a big body receiver now, Terrence Marshall that they drafted.
2: Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, Terrence Marshall is going to be—he's going to be nice. He's going to be real nice, and he's all—he's got—he's following Matt Rule. I mean, you know, you couldn't have asked for a better head coach to come in. And Christian McCaffrey comes back this season off an of injury. Uh, the offensive line is looking good. So it's, it's – <clears throat> they've got a lot of big bodies up front. They've got a lot of big targets on the outside. So, I mean, it's – correct I me. Mean, please, correct me if I'm wrong, but they have the potential in the roster to, to really to bang it out on offense, and I'm loving it. I'm, I'm loving to see what they did in the offseason so far. Absolutely.
0: Mike, we do know for a fact, and the Panthers fans don't hate us for this. Mike, we do know that you are actually a Jets fan.
2: I am. I am. And uh, that's, you know, that's, a, it's a big thing. And, you know, it's a travesty. What uh, it's a travesty, what they did to Sam Darnold, you know, they brought in Adam case, uh, you know, I, I hated the move since day one because uh, you look at what he did in Miami. Like, you know, as soon as, as soon as they traded Ryan Tannehill, he became like MVP caliber quarterback. Uh, you look at, you know, players like a who got traded to Philly became a huge part of that organization for, for the longest. Um, all these players, you know that that left Adam Gase, and that's the that's the biggest thing. Is I'm looking at Sam Darnold coming into a Matt Rule system, and I th- I have high hopes for him. Sar- Darnold showed flashes with us, and the biggest travesty was knowing that you know Joe Douglas didn't honor his original promise with with uh, Darnold and his family, which was building you know building around him. So I was a bit upset with that move, but at the same time. You know, him ending up with a team like Carolina is going to benefit him. He's, he's already got experience playing Tom Brady. He's already beat Tom Brady. You know, he, he's have, he has his moments that he flashes like he can be a top-10 QB. And he's got a top-tier running back uh, in McCaffrey. He's reunited with uh, Roby Anderson. He's got uh, Snyder. They went out and got Marshall. The only thing they really need to do is is solidify the tight end spot. Now Snyder comes in and does what, you know, and he does work. Like again, top 10 offense hundred percent because they were doing this with Cam Newton. They were a top ten offense with Cam Newton when he was putting, you know, struggling to put up numbers. So you put up a quarterback like Sam Darnold who can get the ball downfield, who can be mobile. We saw him be mobile last year when he ran in that 50 yard touchdown. He he has all the tools to be a successful quarterback. He just needed the coach and the organization support to get in there and put players around him, and he's got that in Carolina.
0: Absolutely. So, Dave, what are your, your thoughts on how Darnell will fare with Carolina now that he has all the right pieces around him? I mean, we've talked about it ad nauseum at this point, but we've also just got a Jets fan's perspective. Do you agree with that?
1: Yeah, it's very interesting to get – um. Um, uh, outside uh, perspective even uh, a unbiased perspective he's come he's approaching it pretty rationally from what he kind of communicated to, to, to us uh, this is obviously without the shadow of a doubt Sam Donald's best chance to secede um, his biggest downfall is going to be his offensive line um, uh-huh. if the- if they do not have somebody that can solidify that left tackle position, like we just covered earlier that we've been needing quarterback after quarterback after quarterback, he can only do so much. Um, I've been on record many a time saying left tackle is the second most important position on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Uh He has so many, he has so many weapons, really probably more weapons than, even Cam Newton never had to tell you, to tell you the truth. Uh, yeah, he had Steve Smith at times. He had DJ Moore at early, but the early parts of his uh, career and Greg Olson. But, Steve
2: Smith too, actually. Yeah.
1: Right. Uh, Greg Olson wouldn't have had three one thousand yard receiving uh, years if if he would have had this wide receiver core that uh, Sam Darnold's about to walk into. So other than the offensive line, um, if 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 it holds up, then and Sam Darnold doesn't uh, fare well. This it'll be all on him because this is a setup for success, at least.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And you can get you can get away with a couple spotty, you know, players on the offensive line as long as your receiving core and running backs are uh, on on par. Uh, we saw it with years with uh, Tom Brady and the Patriots. We we saw it year after year with Peyton Manning and the Colts. We saw it. We've seen it in uh, for Aaron Rodgers' entire career, where Green Bay uh, refused to dra- draft offensive linemen. They just kept patching up, you know. And and all these organizations that are winning have winning cultures that are always in the playoffs. They haven't had top tier li- uh, offensive linemen, but they got away with it because the quarterback play and the skill position play was really good. So with the receivers he has, I mean, he he is set up for for success and. I think Sam Darnold has a chip on his shoulder, especially week one against us, because this is a team who failed him, and this is a, he wants to make a point. this He's on his last year. This is a contract year for Darnold. It's make or break time. So I think he plays with a chip on his shoulder this year because, number one, he wants to prove that he is who everybody said he was and that he's that top 10 QB. He wants that contract, and this is the best way for him to get it. You know, you can't. All the pressure will be on his shoulders, but at the same time, it'll it'll be alleviated having McCaffrey. You have to account for McCaffrey. You have to account for Roby. You have to account for DJ Moore. So he he's in a good he's in a good position, and I and I love it as a Jets fan. I, I want to see him succeed. You know, it's it's probably going to sound like a travesty to the rest of the organization, all the rest of the fans, but I really love Darnold. What he brought to the table and the, and really the hard work ethic that he brought to the table. So. I mean, you know, it's, it's exciting. It's exciting as a Jets fan watching you guys. I love it. I want you guys to succeed. Not only because of Sam Darnold, but I want to see you guys stick it to Tom Brady too.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) Dave, let's move on to the final segment of the show, which is Twitter trends.
1: Yeah. um, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, the, the listeners get, get this. They'll, um, get to listen to this and enjoy this interview uh he he dropped a lot of knowledge of kind of what we all knew um but obviously as panthers fans a lot of people are are scared uh that sam Darnold could be a a big failure um he kind of you know gave him gave us some personality traits of of sam Darnold that we really haven't got a glimpse of because he is you know um um, kind of laid back. Very not. Uh, you can't. He's not. He didn't. When he takes the podium, he's not very animated and things of that nature. Keeps to himself. Not like a quarterback that we used to have in Cam Newton. So uh, that was a good. That was some good insight. So moving on to our last segment, uh, the trends. trending on Twitter right now is the Carolina Panthers Mount Rushmore. And the four that uh, was the four players that were listed um, and put out on Twitter to see if everybody agreed with were Cam Newton, Steve Smith, Sam Mills, and Thomas Davis.
0: Oof. Yes, <laughs> I Thomas Davis.
2: You know, <clears throat> I think I can get on board with that. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about Cam Newton. I've always, I've never really liked him. You know, I have family who's followed the Panthers and absolutely loved them. You know, half my family lives in Charlotte, so I get a chance to go see him every chance I get. But you know, I, I really feel like Julius Peppers gets a lot of hate from the organization because he opted to leave, uh, you know, during the years that they were still fighting for a playoff spot. And I, and I definitely think Julius Peppers deserves a spot on that on, on that mountain, more so than Kim. Yeah, I'll have
0: to say that I, for, honestly, I love Sam Mills. He's great, but Luke Kuechly, I have to put Luke Kuechly over Sam Mills. Even though Luke fired uh. from the game early, Luke Kiko is once-in-a-generational talent. I might have been one of the greatest middle liners all NFL all time.
1: I actually apologize. I have it wrong. Instead of Thomas Davis, it's about Julius Peppers. So it is Cam Newton, Steve Smith, Julius Peppers, and Sam Mills. Um, obviously, we all know the story of uh, Sam Mills. He, he, he did leave, live the mantra, keep pounding, with his battle for cancer. Um, Luke Keekly is the greatest Carolina Panther to ever play the game in my opinion Uh, he played so hard his accolades defensive rookie of the year then next season defensive player of the year his relentless work ethic you're not going to find anymore you're just not the guy went without cable TV in his house in Charlotte because he thought it would be a distraction to football they don't make people like that anymore. It just doesn't. This generation, it doesn't happen. And he, and Luke Kuechly is a young guy. It just it, it just unprecedented. Rivera, I've told this story many times. Ron Rivera had to kick him out of the facility on Christmas Eve night because he was he was prepping for the next game, and he said, "Get out of the get out of here. Go home." He said, "My family's not coming in till." Uh, early on Christmas morning. He had to kick him out because he had been there for multiple hours by himself trying to watch film to the point where the security guy was waiting to lock the building, waiting on Luke Keekly. Luke Keekly is the greatest Carolina Panther to ever play the game. But my, my would be take Sam Sam Mills out, replace him with Luke Keekly. So it would be Cam Newton, Steve Smith, um, Julius Peppers, and the great, greatest middle linebacker to ever play the game, Luke Kuechly. Totally agree. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I totally absolutely. agree on that list. I could see, you know, I, I
1: – Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, bud. <laughs> I was going to say I could see arguments for Greg Olson because he did spend a lot of time um, with – with the Panthers and he really had his career best seasons at Carolina. That was a great deal that we traded with Chicago to get him. But um, I mean, like, like he said earlier, Julius Peppers is, I mean, just what a freak, a guy that played football and basketball at a prestigious university, like the university of North Carolina. And at six foot eight, just staring across from him, he's taller than some offensive tackles at, Playing defensive end, just a freak.
2: Absolutely agree. I agree, sir. And um, you know, a lot of people forget. and I'm going to name drop somebody that a lot of people forget that played for the Panthers, and he also coached for the organization. But Ricky Pro, well, might might be one of those guys? Like, I don't think he deserves like let's say uh, uh, a face on that mountain, but he's definitely a, a good. He's definitely worth a name that that a lot of people forget about because he put in a lot of time and effort with us when we were uh, with, and I say us, we're for Carolina, but he uh, he put in a lot of time with the organization when they had Jake Dale and he played a huge part in, uh, in the playoff runs that they had under Jake Dale and Steve Smith. And I think he's very, one of those that were underrated and might, you know, to me deserve an honorable mention when it comes to the, uh, to the mountain of players.
1: And he was also a great positional coach for the Carolina Panthers organization for many years. So, if you're talking Uh organization, if you're talking pure organization, Mount Rushmore, I can understand why he would be at least in in consideration for sure. Rick Pro was a great member of the organization, much more than just a player on the field.
2: Yes, absolutely.
1: But that's definitely the biggest one um, that that caught my eye when I was scouring uh, Twitter. Obviously, we we covered covered, – a lot of it with the individual matchups um, that in training camp that, that are going to occur with the Ravens and the Colts. Um, I think just kind of circling back to that real quick, I think J.C. Horn can benefit the most out of any Carolina Panther player uh, playing against guys like Sammy Watkins, uh, Marquise Brown with the, the Ravens, getting exposure really quickly. In training camp, obviously playing against guys like Robbie Anderson and D.J. Moore, you're going to learn a lot. But in practice, you're going to uh, know their moves inside and out by the end of training camp. But getting fresh faces with those two guys, <laughs> they a player. Marquise Brown is a player. So getting those reps against those guys in training camps go- could benefit J.C. Horn a lot
0: considering he's expected to be a day one starter. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you guys, and I want to thank specifically you as well, Mike, for joining the show. Everybody, make sure that you stay tuned for our other podcast, the Oh, Heel Yeah! podcast. We had a great show the last time. So make sure if you missed that, you tune in to that as well. And also make sure that you follow me on Twitter at PantherGuru1. Tell them where to find
1: you on Twitter, Dave. You can find me at Carolina Dave NC and obviously the Prowler Port at the Prowler Port on both Instagram and Twitter.
2: Absolutely. Tell them where to find you, Mike. Uh, Turtle Talk South Carolina on Twitter. I do a lot of work for the Jets and for you guys as well. So, I mean, I, I, I'm looking forward to hopefully getting back on with you guys relatively soon. And, you know, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys week one.
1: At- at minimum, we need to bring you back for uh, the week one preview show for sure. Uh, hey, man, I, I don't
2: mind at all. I'm always available to you guys. Uh, you know, prior Report has my information. I'll be happy to sit in with you guys at any point. It's been a real pleasure thus far with you guys today. And, uh, I, you know, go Panthers, man. I'm, I'm a huge supporter of you guys and what, what they bring to the table. I'm looking forward to it.
1: We'll definitely be keeping in touch. Panther Nation. Uh, training camps right around the corner. So, as always, we're going to stay tuned and keep pounding.
2: Keep pounding.